people think that you become righteous by doing things. God's righteousness in the gospel is by faith. You can't be a Christian and say you are not righteous. As long as you have heard and believed the gospel and believe in the gospel, you have been tattooed with righteousness. You have become righteous. I say, no, I'm not righteous. When I look at my life, there are things that I, I want to change from. Listen, I'm telling you that righteousness is not actions. Righteousness gives birth to actions. But righteousness is not action. So righteousness is by your faith in Christ Jesus. Some people preach this until you become born again. So we go for crusades and we preach to the people. It doesn't matter the sin you have committed. Come come and believe, believe in Jesus. All your sins will be washed away. Look and leave, my brother. Leave, you know. We preach that to people. Come to Jesus. Your sins will be washed. Your sins will be washed. Now they get born again. They come to Christ and we tell them if you sin, you lose your salvation. You will die. Can you imagine? Does it make sense? Hello, precious people. It's Didasco, uh, the concept of Christianity, part six. And this is going to be the last video for the, the, the series on the concept of Christianity. We've, we've covered a lot. We've, we've looked at Christianity and several religions. We've, we've compared Christianity with Islam. We've compared Christianity with Buddhism and so forth and so on. And we have looked at some scriptures in the word of God and we have come to the conclusion that Christianity offers salvation, instant salvation to the child of God. And I mean, to the one that believes in Jesus Christ, unlike the religions of the world, that um, their salvation is futuristic. So they say, if you want to be saved, you you, for example, Islam, you become a Muslim and then you're hoping that at the end of the day or when the world ends, Jesus, um, you receive salvation. All right. But in Christianity, we believe and the Bible teaches that the very moment one gets born again, the very moment one believes in Jesus Christ, that very instant, the person receives salvation in his spirit. So we read, we read scriptures like Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, you see, in Christianity, if you acknowledge the lordship of jesus and then you confess it and then you believe that jesus christ was indeed raised from the dead this is a heart uh, a heart thing you know you believe and you confess the bible says you are saved in other words you are delivered in other words you are prospered in other words you are blessed so to be to be to be saved in christianity is simple believe in jesus christ believe in the gospel of christ and you will be saved. That is what um, Paul told a man. A man asked, what, shall, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says that, believe on the name of the Son of God and you will be saved. Now, that is what we preach. That's what we preach in Christianity. So, we, 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 we studied and, and saw that in Christianity, Jesus Christ does more than just giving us money. He does more than giving us a job. Christianity is salvation oriented. Christianity is for the salvation of souls. You know, we looked at, at, at what the Bible told us in Romans chapter 5. That by one man's sin, 
by one man sin came into the world and that all men sinned and death came by sin. In the same way by Jesus Christ, life came. So we believe or the concept of Christianity proposes that the sin of man is dealt with in Christ. And in our last video, that is the part five, we spoke at length about forgiveness. And we said forgiveness is one thing that Jesus Christ gives us in redemption. Hallelujah. And redem in redemption, our sins are forgiven and our sins are quashed, never to be remembered by God, past, present, and future sins. All of them are forgiven. Now, we want to finish with this series on a very important uh, uh, subject, which is righteousness. All right. So the concept of Christianity, Jesus Christ makes us righteous. Now, this is very different from what the religions of the world teach. You know, there's no righteousness in religion. Religion proposes right living. So, you know, Islam, in Islam, they are told to pray five times a day to do good and all of those kind of things. You know, that is right living. So, it is like I said in the other video, it is like a mess that is well decorated. In all the other religions of the world, they propose something about good living. You got to live at peace with all men. And even in Christianity, we are told to live good and live with peace or at peace with all men, you know. But the point is this. There's something that Christianity offers. There's something in Christianity that you can't find in religion. In the concept of Christianity, man who places his faith, a man who places his faith, in Christ Jesus becomes righteous. Now that is what the gospel actually brings to bear. When you read Romans chapter 1, let's get to Romans 1. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Oh, let me take from 14. Let me take from 14. Or uh, let's take from 13. Now I would not have you ignorant brethren that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you but was led hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now verse 16, that's where the point is. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now Paul says, I'm ready to come and preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now Paul says, I preach the gospel of Christ. All right. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Then he says, that gospel of Christ which I preach, that gospel is God's ability to save. You know, so it means that without the gospel, there is no, the gospel actually licenses God to give salvation. The gospel is the platform by which God saves man. Understand what Christianity is about. Christianity is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is that which licenses God or that which gives God the legal, uh, the legal freedom to be able to save man. You know, so when you read, when you read verse, same, same book, same chapter, when you read verse one, Paul says, um, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophet in the Holy Scriptures, 
concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead so he says Jesus uh, was raised from the dead and that is the gospel of God the gospel of God concerns his son and it concerns the death the barrier and resurrection of the son that is God's gospel so God's gospel is the gospel of Christ in other words I told you in one of our videos that gospel simply means good news so God's good news is the good news concerning Jesus Christ that is God's good news so if you ever met God and you ask God what is your good news I heard that you had a good news so what is the good news God says the good news is about Jesus Christ in that he died and he was raised back to life you get it so that is the gospel of Jesus Christ all right now let's let's look at it the verse 16 again for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek now verse 17 for therein in other words for in the gospel for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith so he says in the gospel now in the gospel of Christ what is the gospel of Christ the gospel of Christ is about uh, his death the good news concerning his death his burial and his resurrection and he says that in that gospel in the gospel that 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 talks about the son of God in that gospel is the revelation of righteousness now very very important in it, it he didn't say in the gospel is the revelation of doing right things now in Christianity the Bible teaches us to do right things but in the gospel in the gospel of Christ we go beyond doing right things in the gospel of Christ there is the revelation he says in he says for therein is the righteousness of God revealed now listen in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed listen in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel the righteousness of God the righteousness of God not the righteousness of man but in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed it means that in the gospel all that God has to reveal is how righteous he is you get it now that is the righteousness of God which is revealed now the word righteousness in there actually refers to rightness so in the gospel God is right you get the point in the gospel God is right and in the gospel the rightness of God is revealed so if you want to have an encounter with the righteousness of God with the rightness of God you meet him in the gospel now it means that oh my goodness I wish I had time in the gospel the word righteousness in there is justice in the gospel the justice of God is revealed you know there are people who say God is love and God at the same time is a just God so we look at the just the, the justice of God to be for punishment so say God is just so God is just God is just if you do something wrong he's got to punish you that is the justness of that's the justice of God and God is love so God is love God is justice uh, God is just you know the justice of God it's not for distraction listen God is just by making the, the sinner a righteous person in the gospel so it is in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed God is just 
by forgiving the sins of people. You get it? In the gospel, the justice of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed. So we must understand, God cannot be just apart from the gospel. The righteousness of God cannot be known apart from the gospel. The gospel brings God to be a just God. And as a just God, he is able to deliver, he is able to save, he is able to build, he is able to raise, he is able to live in man, he is able, you know, why? Because the gospel is the platform by which he is able to do these things. Now, let's look at this. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, this means that in the gospel, God's righteousness is made available. You know, this is what Christianity is about. Christianity is about the gospel of Christ that reveals the righteousness of God. You get it? So in the gospel, nothing of man is revealed. In the gospel, everything of God is revealed. Now, this is the the sharp contrast between Christianity and religion. In religion, the righteousness, the rightness of man is revealed. In religion, is what about is what man can do. Religion is about what man can do. I told you the last time, religion is man ascending to God. Christianity is God ascending to man. So he says, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. All right. Now, it, and then he says that it is revealed from faith to faith. Oh, glory to God. That righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now, what this means is that, let me show you something. And then it says, the just shall live by faith. So righteousness, the, the righteousness of God is revealed from belief to belief, from faith to faith. So how is God's rightness revealed in the gospel? It's revealed by faith. You get it? The righteousness of God is revealed by faith. And this is very, very important. The righteousness of God is not revealed by any other thing but by faith. You know, a lot of times people confuse righteousness with right living. Right living is a product of righteousness. But righteousness is not right living. You get it? Right living is righteousness, but righteousness is bigger than right living. So he says, righteousness, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It means that if it is not of faith, it cannot be called the righteousness of God. So let me show you something quickly. Let's get to Romans, I believe, again, Romans chapter number 3. All right. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, somewhere I think 19. Now we know... That what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now look at that. He says that by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now, what are the deeds of the law? I mean, what are the deeds of the law? The deeds of the law refers to the prescriptions of the law. The things that the law told the people of Israel or the Jews to do. You get it? 
Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not make any other God apart from God. You shall not make uh, uh, an image. You shall not worship any idol. You know, the Ten Commandments and the other laws, the, the ceremonial laws and stuff like that. You know, you, you have to wash your hands. You have to do this. You have to pray this number of times. If you have, if you have an infection, you don't come among the people. Uh, a lady doesn't wear that which pertains to a man. A man doesn't wear that which pertains to a lady. Uh, you know, you, you, you cannot shave your hair and then have a shape like mine and stuff like that in the law. Now, he says that those prescriptions of the law, the deeds of the law. In fact, the deeds, the, the, the prescriptions of the law, actually, when you check the scripture, had nothing bad in themselves. Now, let me, let me, let's see something. Romans 3 again. I was reading 19, right? 19. It says, we know that whatsoever the law says, the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law, by the deeds of the law, no man can be justified. Now, the word justified means nobody can be rendered righteous. What are the deeds of the law? The deeds of the law, like I said, are not bad in themselves. If you're told not to murder, if you're told not to commit adultery, if you're told not to do this, if you're told not to do that, I mean, that is right living. If you follow it, you're living right. But the Bible says, by, the, by those deeds, no flesh shall be justified. Now, let's look at Galatians. Galatians, Galatians chapter number 2, verse 16. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ, even we have, we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. I'll, I'll come to that. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Another one there. You know, he says, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now you ask yourself, what are the works of the law? What are the works of the law? Like I told you, every prescription that the law made, these refer to the, the, the works of the law. And the Bible says, by these shall no flesh be justified. Now, Christianity is different from Judaism. You get it? Christianity is different from Judaism. You don't, you don't follow the law of Moses to be righteous because the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. So it says, by the deeds of the law, to the Jew who has his boast in the law, who says, I do the law, I obey the law, I follow the law. He says that right after you're done, you cannot be righteous. Because the righteousness of God is not revealed in the law. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith in the gospel. Now let's look at it. So the law, the law does not produce righteousness. You get the point? The law doesn't produce righteousness. But Jesus Christ, our faith in Christ, produces for us righteousness. Now, let me help you out. All right, so we're reading... Um, we are reading Galatians chapter 2, right? Okay. Um, let us read Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. But that's no man... All right, let me start from 10. All right. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. 
For it is written, Curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So he says, As many as many as are of the works of the law, as many as uh, 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 give themselves to the law are under a curse or under the curse. They are under the curse of the law. You know, so the law does not bring righteousness. The law does not bring righteousness. Righteousness, like I said, is revealed in the gospel of Christ. You get the point. Now, what do I mean by this? Doing good things is not what Christianity preaches. It's not, it's not the central theme of Christianity. Christianity is God infusing righteousness into the heart of the one that believes. God infusing, God injecting, God imparting righteousness to the one who believes in Jesus Christ. So the gospel of Christ proposes righteousness to the believer. The gospel of Christ does not give moral codes to the believer as his way of living, but rather the gospel of Christ infuses righteousness to the one that believes and that righteousness which is infused causes the believer to live right. You get the point. Now, so the, the law, I met somebody who said, there are people who preach that the law is over and they still take tight, you know. They preach that the law is over, but they still take tight. The law is not over. You know, the point is that there is a lot of scriptural illiteracy. You get it in the system. And the fact that somebody is preaching doesn't mean he knows his Bible. You know, the Bible says that for, he says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Then verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. Nobody is justified, nobody is rendered righteous by the law in the sight of God. So he's, he's trying to tell us here that it does not matter how faithful you are to the law. You know, how faithful you are to the law. Now, you know, the law was written to, to the Jews. And amazingly, some Gentiles have, you know, He's in Ghana and he says that we are to obey the law. Meanwhile, the law was not written to the church. It was written to the Jew, you know. But here he says that no man can be justified or no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It means before God's eyes, nobody can be justified. Nobody can become righteous by the deeds of the law. Now, this is very, very important. And then verse 12 says, and the law is not of faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. You see, the law is not of faith. Now, verse 13, he says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, so he's talking to those who, who, who believe in the law, who want to boast in the law. And he says, Jesus Christ was made a curse. And by that curse, he was made on the cross. He redeemed us from the law. In other words, he redeemed the Jew from the law. He redeemed us from the law. You get the point? So the law does not hold today. You get it? Now, why am I talking about the law whilst I'm talking about righteousness? Because people think that you become righteous by doing things. You get it? And you don't become righteous by doing things. All right? People say, you must obey the law to be righteous. You don't obey the law to be righteous. 
to the Bible says the righteousness which is in the gospel. And listen, Christianity is gospel-centered. So Christianity is about the gospel of Christ. And in the gospel of Christ, there is the revelation of the righteousness of God. You must understand this. All right, now let's continue. Oh, goodness. Um, let's do... Let's do Acts chapter 13. Um... Acts chapter 13, verse 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men... I said Acts 13, 38, yeah. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, which is Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So the law of Moses could not justify. You get it? Some say, but God is the one who gave the law. God gave the law, but Moses, God gave it to Moses. All right? And so that's why the Bible calls it the law of Moses, the law that Moses gave. All right? It's, 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 it's about 613 plus the 10 commandments. So that law cannot make a man righteous. It can't justify a man. Now let's come back to Galatians chapter 3. Did I say Galatians? Romans chapter 3, verse 21. All right. Let's do 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. So he says, but now, God's righteousness is manifested and this righteousness is without the law then it says being witnessed by the law and the prophets now and then he says even so the word even there can be this this or something like that it says even the righteousness of god it means the very righteousness of god which is by faith of jesus christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference. He says, God's righteousness is unto all and upon all that believe in Jesus Christ. So, the gospel of Christ, which propounds the good news of Jesus Christ, purchases or brings to the man, to the one that believes, the righteousness of God. So, what does that mean? The moment you place your faith in Christ, you become righteous. So it means that, listen, this righteousness is different from what you do. Uh, all right, let's, let me show you something. Let's go to, I think, um, let, me, let, me, let me read the whole, the, from, from 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophet, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Have you ever heard this before? You know, people, somebody's coming to pray in church and they want to pray for the, for, they, they want to ask God for forgiveness of sins and they say, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, that's, that's not true. That's not what the Bible said. Listen, Listen, he says that there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is a semicolon. So it means you can't quote this scripture alone. Something, something, something follows it. He says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Being justified freely. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, being rendered righteous freely. We are rendered righteous freely. Come on. We are made righteous freely. What does that mean? What does free mean? Free means free. You know, free means you don't buy it. Free means you don't deserve it. Free means you don't do anything to get it. Free means free. You know, free means free. Can you imagine? Free means free. So he says that we are justified. We are rendered righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I wish I had enough time for this, but I promise this was the last video. But listen, justification is free and it, it, comes, it, it comes by grace, which is through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we are justified by grace, but you know, it is not just by grace. It's not just by unmerited favor. You know, that would mean that we receive the thing without payment. Now, he says that that came through the redemption. Now, the word redemption there, redemption there actually means the, the payment, the apolutrosis. So, the payment. So, we are justified by grace through the payment that is in Christ. So, the payment for righteousness is found in Christ. It's found in his death. It's found in his, in his burial and in his resurrection. So, it is by grace in a sense that we didn't deserve it, but it did not come to, it was not free. It was free to us, but God purchased it through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, so he says this, the next verse. This Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, glory to God, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. What is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude Oh, so he says, this is the conclusion of the matter. He says, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. We conclude, this is the conclusion, this is the summary of the matter, that righteousness, justification is by faith. This is big. This is big. This is modern religion. This is big. Righteousness is by faith, not by works. This is big. Listen. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Now, what are the deeds of the law? A man is justified by faith without thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt not. It means that we take off or we take out the deeds of the law and Man is justified by faith. So your faith in Christ brings you to a place of justification. You know, what does it mean to justify? I'm not a fan of football, but I think I, I've heard people say they are, they, are, they, they are going to play justification or something like that, which kind of suggests to me that if you win, then you're qualified, all right, or something like that. So justification actually is qualification, is righteousness. I'll come to that. So he says a man is qualified a man is justified by faith 
in Christ. By faith in Christ. Without the deeds of the law. Now, let's go to verse 4. No, let, let's continue. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yeah, we establish the law. Verse 4, um, chapter 4. What shall we say then that our father Abraham as pertaining to the flesh hath found? If Abraham were justified by works, he had wealth to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debts. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. All right. Now, this is very, very important. Now, he says, what Abraham, what we, we, we look at Abraham. And he tells us, how was Abraham justified? All right. What do we say about Abraham concerning justification? Now, he says that if Abraham was justified by works, Abraham could have boasted. He could have said, yeah, I did this, I did that. And because of that, I became righteous. But he says, not before God. What does the Bible say? The Bible says Abraham believed God. And when Abraham believed God, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, listen. Abraham believed. And when he believed, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed. When he believed, his account got credited with righteousness. So in other words, Abraham did nothing to merit righteousness. All that he did was to believe. Now listen. So he says, verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. So the one who does nice things in order to be righteous, he says that, the righteousness he gets is not the one from grace. It is something, you know, if you do something, for example, I'll tell you, um, do this for me. After you do that for me, I say, okay, do this for me, I'm, I'm going to pay you. The pay that you get is not grace, it's not gifts. You get it? It's not a gift I gave you. You, you went for it. And then he says that that is... I mean, he brings that in this context. So to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. Whatever he gets is not of grace, but it's of death. I mean, he he's due it. Then the next verse is, but to him that worketh not. Now, what is the work here in context? You know, the work here refers to the works of the law. So the one who obeys the law, the one who obeys the law, the reward is not reckoned of grace. All right? But the one who does not obey the law, Think about it. He says, the one who worketh not, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly. Come on. He believes on him that in Christianity, the concept of Christianity is that God justifies the ungodly. You get it? Who is the ungodly? The ungodly is the one who has no, who has no place for God. The one who has, who, who has no connection with God. And then he says, God justifies such a person. How? By his faith. So he says, now, to him that worketh not, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith in God, his faith in Christ, that faith is counted for righteousness. It means his account is credited for righteousness. Now, listen, this is very critical. In Christianity, you don't work to be righteous. Some said, some said uh, I'm righteous. Why are you righteous? 
Uh, because I don't chase girls, because I don't drink, because I don't have bad friends, because I live, I'm, I'm, I'm a stainless steel, you know, I don't go out, I'm always indoors and I'm always praying, you know, that is not righteousness. Right, that is not righteousness. Listen, in the gospel, the rightness of God is revealed. What does this mean? By believing the gospel, no, let's take for example, there are two guys. One has followed the law, all right? He doesn't smoke, he doesn't this, he doesn't that, he doesn't do all those kind of things. And then there's this other lady who has committed 29 abortions. All right? 29 abortions. Now, in our normal human view, this lady should not even be allowed to greet an angel. I mean, he, he, she is not even supposed to even come to church. She is too sinful. You know, she is too sinful. Now, in the eyes of God, the one that does nice things, and trust in the law. This lady, somewhere, somehow, met somebody, preached the gospel to her, and says, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. And the lady says, all right, I'll give my heart to Christ. And receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. In the eyes of God, this lady who had committed 29 abortions is righteous. And the other one is not righteous. That is the gospel. And that is why it's called good news. All right? It is good news to the sinner. It is good news to the undeserving. It is good news to the one who is termed unclean. You get the point. So that is why it's called good news. So in the gospel, this same lady believes in Jesus. And this lady is by her faith. God says that your sins are forgiven, number one. And number two, you are rendered righteous. So righteousness is by faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, goodness. Listen, then he says, Even as David, verse 6, described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. So David described it. How did David describe it? Um, let's go to Psalm 32, I believe. Psalm 32, verse 1. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So David spoke about that. And he says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So, the man that has his faith in Christ, that person, his, his faith brings him to a place of righteousness. You know, amazingly, there are Christians who don't believe that they are righteous. They always tell you, nah, nobody is perfect. It's true, nobody is perfect. I mean, nobody is righteous. You know, they, they'll tell you, I know I'm not righteous. I, you know, we are all not righteous. But, yay, are you, are you born again? You know, you're born again and you say, you know you are not righteous. Who's, whose child are you? Who gave birth to you? You know, you cannot be a Christian and not be righteous. That's, that's it. There is no Christian in this world that is not righteous. Ah, man of God, I know a Christian. The way he smokes, I'm telling you, if he's a Christian, he's righteous. That's what the Bible says. Ah, can a righteous person smoke? Of course, yes, righteous person may smoke. You get it? Does God want him to smoke? Emphatically, no. You get the point? But that thing does not repudiate the righteousness because his righteousness did not come by not smoking. It came by faith. So as long as his faith is intact, as long as his faith is in Christ, he's righteous. That is what the Bible teaches. And that is the concept of Christ. In the concept of Christianity, Christ came to make men righteous. He came to infuse men 
You know, the reason why we have a problem, let, before I say that, let me go to 5.1. 5, 1, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen. Therefore, being justified by faith, being made righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, we are justified. Therefore, being justified by faith. Justification is by faith. Righteousness is by faith. Now, I think Paul said something like that in the book of... Um, let's go to Philippians. I believe somewhere in Philippians somewhere. All right. So we must understand that righteousness is by faith. It's not by what you do. Because the Bible says, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. Okay. Now, and be found in him. Let me read from 8. Alright. Let me read from 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. So Paul says, the things that mattered to me when I got born again, they didn't matter to me again. Then it says, but what things were, all right, verse 8. Yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done, that I may win Christ. I mean, this is a scripture that, that, that is very, very important. But, I mean, let me, my time is... Is really, really, really short. Now, and be found in him, be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This is powerful. So Paul says, I want to be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness. I don't want to do, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say my right, this righteousness came by my obedience to the law. You get the point. But that righteousness which is in Christ, he, he calls it the righteousness of God. And he says it is by faith. You get the point? It is by faith. God's righteousness in the gospel is by faith. You can't be a Christian and say you are not righteous. As long as you have heard and believed the gospel and believe in the gospel, you have been tattooed with righteousness. You have become righteous. I said, no, I'm not righteous. When I look at my life, there are things that I, I want to change from. Listen, I'm telling you that righteousness is not actions. Righteousness gives birth to actions. But righteousness is not action. So, righteousness is by your faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, goodness. Can I say this and go? Okay. Listen. Verse 5 of Titus 3. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, <laughs> that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is amazing. You get it? So it is not by something we have done. You know, 
Some people preach this until you become born again. So we go for crusades and we preach to the people. It doesn't matter the sin you have committed. Come, come and believe, believe in Jesus. All your sins will be washed away. Look and leave, my brother. Leave. You know, we preach that to people. Come to Jesus. Your sins will be washed. Your sins will be washed. Now they get born again. They come to Christ and we tell them if you sin, you lose your salvation, you will die. Can you imagine? Does it make sense? So does it mean the Christian is supposed to sin? Of course, no. You get it? When you give birth and your child begins to learn how to walk and your child falls down, you don't carry the child and throw the child away and say, why have you fallen down? You are idiot. And then you throw the child away. No. But, you know, you will subject the child to the conditions that are necessary or to the conditions that facilitate growth. You know, and as you subject that child to that conditions, very soon he will not fall again. So, righteousness is devoid of works. We must understand that. In any case, what is righteousness? You know, I've, I've, I've been talking about righteousness, but what is righteousness? All right, righteousness simply is the rightness of God. The righteousness of man is the rightness of man. The righteousness of God is the rightness of God. Hallelujah. You know, they're showing me time already. You know, it's amazing. All right. So to be righteous means to be right with God. It means to have a right standing with God. You get it? To have a right place with God. To have a protocol with God. That's what it means. Now, let me, let me give you a definition. Righteousness is to stand right with God without the feeling of guilt or inferiority complex. Jesus, I need about 17 hours for this. <laughs> you know, listen. So, when you become righteous, when we say you are righteous, if righteousness is not works, what then is righteousness? Righteousness is standing right with God. All right? Without the feeling of guilt, number one, and inferiority complex. I mean, that definition is big. You get it? Now, listen. So, number one, you're not guilty. You know this, that having believed in Jesus, you're not guilty. Now, the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you are born again, he says, there's therefore, no, there's therefore now no condemnation. There's no katakrima. Condemnation here means damnatory sentence. You cannot be damned. You get it? So when you believe in Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. So there's, there shouldn't be the feeling of guilt. If we had time, I would have told you why one of the major things Jesus did concerning sin is to deal with the conscious, uh, consciousness of sin. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, he says that um, uh, uh, the law had a shadow of good things to come and they sacrifice every year now and then. But those sacrifices of bulls and goats could not purge their conscience from sin. It means that they always had sin consciousness. But the, but the sacrifice of Jesus does not just deal with sin. It deals with the consciousness of sin. In that, if something wrong happens, you now know that the payment was in Christ Jesus. You get it? So righteousness is standing right with God, knowing that you can pray to God at all times. Knowing that when you pray to God, God hears you. Knowing that you are a saint in, in, in Christ. Now, and standing right with God 
and also not having any inferiority complex with you. This is big. It means that righteousness brings us to the stature of God that we don't have. Do you know what it means to be inferior to something? It doesn't mean to be fake, actually. It, it, to be inferior means to be lower. So righteousness is to stand with God without thinking that you are lower. I mean, listen, you can't preach this anyway. You, you, you simply, you'll be killed, you know. But God's righteousness brings us to that place where we are qualified to stand with God, to receive of God to men and receive of men to God. That is righteousness. Righteousness brings us to a place where we, we, we fraternize with God. Ooh, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. We, we heard about Abraham, right? An angel was going to destroy Sodom and he went to Abraham. And he says, am I, am I going to do this thing without telling Abraham what I'm going to do? Abraham, um, surely this is what's going to happen. I'm going to destroy Sodom. And Abraham began to have a bargain with the Lord. You get it? He says, all right, so now that you're going to destroy, if you find 50 people that are righteous, I say, I'm not going to destroy. No, think about this. A man, a man that God is going to, God is going to deal with, 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 with a, a nation or something like that and have to communicate with a man. Do you know what that means? The righteous man stands in the right place to communicate with God, to plead on the behalf of men, to, 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 supply, to, to make prayer of supplication. In other words, to make prayer of intercession. To stand in the gap for people. That's what a righteous person does. Listen, it brings you to a divine state. I wish I had time for this. Do I, do I still have more time? Do I still have more time? I should have about 20 minutes now. Ah, yeah, yeah. Kadalabaya. All right. Okay, so we have got some 12 minutes. What do I do with 12 minutes? All right. So I said, it brings you to the state of qualification. When you read Colossians, let's read Colossians. Colossians chapter number 1, verse 12. Colossians 1, 12. It is giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Let me read from the Bible in basic English. All right. Or ISV. Okay. I don't know which one to read now. Okay, yeah. Let's read from the NET. The New English Translation. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. So he says that we have been qualified by God. Oh, glory to God. My qualification is in my faith. You get the point. He says God has qualified us. He's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That is righteousness. We have been made qualified. You know, you can't be a Christian and, and still have inferiority complex. Righteousness is God's nature of rightness, which has been infused into you. In that you will have no more conscience or consciousness of guilt. In that you have no more consciousness of inferiority complex with men and with God. Like what God told Jacob. He says, as a prince, you have power with God and you have power with man. You get it? The qualification, you, you stand. So you stand boldly in the presence of God. And you stand boldly in the presence of man. Why? 
God's rightness has been fused, has, has been injected. You have been injected with the rightness of God. And listen, what is the righteousness of God? Oh my goodness. I don't have time. All right, so let's do let's do something in the neighborhood of two or three minutes and see if we can wrap up. If not, I'll still buy some time with some, some with some tongues right now. All right. Let me show you something. Righteousness, having known his qualification, it is it is to be qualified and to stand uh, without having inferiority complex in mind with God. Listen, righteousness is power righteousness is authority righteousness is administrative you get the point let me read um, isaiah chapter 32 i believe is there isaiah 32 16 isaiah 32 16 all right brother isaiah where are you isaiah 32 verse 16 i think i'm going to wrap up on this wrap up on this Okay. Um, listen, he says, Then judgment shall draw. Now, verse 16, until the, uh, verse 15, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field, and the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effects of Oh, glory of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in short dwellings and in quiet resting places. You, you get it? He says that righteousness has works or has work, and the work of righteousness is peace. So, righteousness is a bringer of peace. You get it? When there is chaos and there is commotion. The one that has been made righteous has the audacity to bring peace. Then he says the effect of it shall be quietness and assurance forevermore. God, God, God says something. My goodness, I'm being pushed out of time. Listen, let's look at something. Psalm 82, a very heartfelt uh, communication that God had. Just for the records, let's look at it. God, 82 verse 1, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judged among the gods. How long, now God saying, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the presence of the wicked? Salah. Defend the poor. Now God is standing in the congregation of the mighty and he tells them, defend the poor. Woo-hoo, glory. And fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither would they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are out of course. I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, you go judge the earth for the hour, shall inherit all the nations. Listen. So he says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty, and God is giving them instructions. And God says, defend the poor. And in the Old Testament, this one is referring to the judges, all right? These are people who have right standing with God. To make declarations that stand. And God is telling them that defend the poor. You have a right standing with God now. Do you know why we cast out devils? Because we are the righteousness of God. We cast out the devils because the rightness of God is in us. And we have final say in matters. 
You get it? So we cast out demons, we lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's amazing. I heard, I heard one a story of, of someone who was cursed, who, who, who was cursed uh, but with a God and this person's belly, you know, became big and they, they, they took the person to a pastor and then the pastor says he was, this person has been cursed with, with, with a river body, a, um, a river God or a river goddess, I don't know. And then he said, before I can pray for you to be healed, you need to buy a goat, this, 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 this. Then we take it to the shrine and appease the gods for the God to leave you, then we can pray and you'll be healed. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. I mean, righteousness is to be able to overrule what has been done. I wish I had, I had a lot of time for this, but time is not on our side. You get it? So he says you shall decree. So it's to overrule. Overrule what the devil says. is rid them out of the hand of the wicked. I mean, a man comes to Jesus. They, they, they drop down a man. And Jesus looks at the man who is sick of the palsy and says, Son, thy sins are forgiven you. Arise, pick up your mat and go. Can you imagine? Jesus didn't need to consult whoever he sinned against or whatever to say, ah, I mean, you are here because of your sin. No, Jesus says, I am the final authority. And Jesus says, that same power is given unto you. He says, to whosoever sin, whosoever sin you remit is remitted. You get it? So that refers to the power that we have in the gospel. So in the gospel, the righteousness, the, the authority of God, the administrative power of God is revealed from faith to faith. So the one that has been made righteous has received the rightness of God with power to command, with power to set free, with power to lose, with power to cast out demons, and with power to set free. And that comes by our faith in Christ Jesus. So righteousness is administrative. Righteousness is God's nature of rightness. For example, Bible says God commanded, God said it, and it was so. It means that God's word cannot be contested. For example, if God comes to you and God says, the shirt you're wearing, although it's white, God tells you it's black. I say, I oh, know God, what I see is white, it's not black. Listen, God is right in the sense, that's why we say God cannot lie. You get it? God cannot lie. What God says is the law, is the truth. I don't know how true, I've, I haven't verified it, but one, I heard people say, if the queen, if the queen is speaking English and say the queen... Um, gets a slip of tongue or whatever, it becomes a new vocab because they say that the queen cannot make a mistake. Can you imagine? That's the queen. God, whatever God says is the law. You get the point. Unless he himself come and change it. You get the point. So that is the rightness of God. For Jesus to look at a man and tell the man that pick up your mat and the man gets up from 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 the bed of the palsy and get home that is the righteousness of god at work the right so so the bible says let me read something last lastly all right lastly i have said lastly for three verses all right verse 17 romans 5 17 for by one man's offense death reign by one much more they which receive abundance of grace which is the gift of righteousness they shall reign in life they shall reign as kings in life. So those that receive the gift of righteousness, they reign. What does that mean? They reign as kings. And the Bible says in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4, it says, For wherever the word of a king is, there is an unquestionable power. Who dare says to the king, what doest thou? 
you get the point that is why we are we have been made kings and priests here on earth if you met somebody and the person was sick righteousness is what brings healing righteousness is what brings sanity righteousness so this is what the gospel gives to us you get it this is the concept of christian unfortunately i really didn't tackle the matter of righteousness as i wanted to i'm not getting into it but we are out of time but you see this is what jesus christ came to do to make us righteous not to make us religiously right but to infuse in us righteousness which is power to do righteousness which is the ability to settle matter it is the ability to speak a word and it will not be contestable you get the point so we rid people from the hands of the wicked we defend the poor you know that is righteousness and in the concept of christianity what christianity proposes is that god brings this gift to man man is a being of authority and God brings that to man and that cannot be given by the law that is given through faith in Christ Jesus why won't you believe in Jesus if you're watching me you're not born again you better believe in Jesus Christ stay committed to the Lord because believing in Jesus goes beyond a religion believing in Jesus brings you to a place of power authority and the place where you can now speak and your word will be in you know it takes righteousness to heal the sick. Like I said, righteousness to cast out demons. Righteousness to preach the gospel. Righteousness to get into a town that is full of idols, uh, um, uh, full of shrines and all of that. And still get them preach the gospel and not suffer harm by any stupid witch or stupid demon. That is righteousness. You get it? It, it gives you immunity. It, it's like a vaccination. Right, that is what righteousness does for you. So, when you believe in Jesus, you become righteous. When you believe in Jesus, you receive of Him and you are imparted with righteousness, and forever you remain righteous. So, righteousness, like we have established, is very big, big, is, is, is there's a big difference, sorry, big difference from righteousness, uh, between righteousness and right living. Ah, does that mean that you can live anyhow as a Christian? I mean, you can't live anyhow because you have the righteousness of God in you, which directs you to live right. All right? So this is where time will permit us to, I mean, end. But um, I want to pray with you to the one watching me. If you are not born again, this is the time to believe in Jesus. Can I pray this prayer with you as you pray with me? Mean it from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the name that has salvation. I bless you, Lord. This day, I confess that you are Lord and you are my Savior. I will worship you for the rest of my life. You died and you were raised back to life. Thank you. I'm born again now and I have the righteousness of God in me. Thank you, Father, that I am saved through Jesus Christ. Amen. 